0: Hey legends, welcome along to a brand new episode of Hellmouth Hotline. I'm your host, Rodney Stewart. And I know what you're thinking. It's like, where and under God have you been at, you idiot? You're supposed to be running the podcast here, doing a couple episodes a week. You haven't been uploading in about a month. And my head has been firmly inserted between the cheeks of my ass since pretty much Christmas. So we're getting into it right now. We're getting into... Uh, the final well, the final nightmare. Freddy's dead. The final nightmare. Uh, I was going to say the final nightmare in Elm Street movie, but it's not. But at the time it was released, it was supposed to be. So uh, let's get into it now. All right. See this movie here as. Fantastic, I absolutely loved it. Uh, there's a lot to like about this movie. Um, it's probably not one of the best in the series, but uh, I liked it, I liked it a lot. Now, this one here, set 10 years from the last one, Freddy has returned and he's killed pretty much every child and teenager in the town of Springwood, Ohio. And the only surviving teenager, John Doe, as he's known as in the movie, is confronted by Freddy in a dream. Uh, this dream at the beginning. I like the the idea of using the fallen dream for this guy. And it repeats a few times throughout the movie. And it's one of these dreams that we, we all have. that like You're in bed at night, you're chilled out, you're unconscious, you're having a dream the next thing. You wake up and pretty much y- you jump and you're It's known as the fallen dream. Um that's happened to me quite a few times, actually it happened to me a few nights back. And uh <laughs> I swear I woke up as I was hitting the bed like just uh, such a jump. And um, we all get it. So having that there as a dream for this guy was a nice little touch. And the uh, Freddy in this movie the further through we got with A Nightmare on Elm Street the more of a celebrity Freddy Krueger started to become and they really really push that in this movie here he's a lot of the stuff that he does is comical more than scary at times and uh, pushes it to the point now where I'm I'm sitting watching it and there's a few sequences within the movie and I was just thinking right if this movie was released today would the cancel culture mob come after Freddy Krueger for the stuff that he does in this movie? Because it is. There's a few points in this here movie where he's just really, really taking the piss out of these kids before he kills them. That that opening sequence with the the plane and the guy falls out of it. Wakes up in his bed, goes to the window, opens it up. Of course, and you see that the actual house. He's still in the dream. The house is actually falling through the sky, and it's when Freddy turns up. He's it's just one piss take joke. After they all are, at the end of the dream, before the guy wakes up, uh, pretty much the. The concept here is Freddie is trapped in Springwood, Ohio. He can't get out through the the outer limits of the town. And the dream ends with uh, John Doe waking up outside the Springfield City limits. Uh, But due to a head injury, he doesn't remember who he is or why he is there. But uh, the sequence right before that happens where he is standing on the street and this bus appears out of thin air and instead of driving over the top of me, he gets welded to the front of it essentially and Freddie's behind the steering wheel laughing maniacally there's just that kind of like that work laugh like me you work in a a factory, a production line, there's that laugh that just everybody has and it's not their natural laugh it's a laugh that they put on to really really annoy people and it's just that Basically, that Freddy Krueger laugh in this movie, that, ha, 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 ha. Um, you'll know, if you've been in that environment, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, at a shelter for troubled youth, free of the residents: Spencer, uh, a stoner who is resisting his dad's attempt to get him to conform, Carlos, uh, and our troubled kid... ...who was physically abused by his mother to the point of becoming deaf in one ear... Uh, ...Tracy, a tough girl who was sexually abused by her father... Uh, ...they plot to run away to California. The police find John, they take him to the shelter where he becomes a patient of Dr. Maggie Burrows. Maggie notices a newspaper clipping from the spring from Springwood in John's pocket. And to attempt to cure John's amnesia, she plans on a road trip to take him back to Springwood. Uh, These other three kids attempt to run away from the place. Uh, They stow away in the van. They're hiding in the back of it. But they're discovered when John has an hallucination and almost wrecks the van just outside Springwood. Tracy Spencer Carlos attempt to leave Springwood. Uh, another fairly ingenious sequence in the movie is them actually trying to drive the van out. Uh, John Doe and Maggie they head off to do their thing. She tells these kids, "Right, go back to the the shelter and uh, turn yourselves on and whatnot." And as they try to leave the town, no matter where they drive they always end up back at the the point where they started in the, the town centre the whole town itself first thing they notice there's there's absolutely no kids there and uh, there's a town fair going on and the adults is there and they're all in like a, a comatose state more or less they're just uh, Freddie has literally drained the life right out of Springwood in this movie and uh it's, it's, a, it's a good movie and a f- very flippin' random one as well. But uh, they end up at an abandoned house, which is uh, 1428 Elm Street, of course, the house from the movies. Uh, John and Maggie visit the Springwood Orphanage and discover that Freddie had a child. Uh, John believes that he's a child, and... Uh, Freddie he thanks thinks it's here because Freddie allowed him to live and leave. He's only one day escape. Uh back in Elm Street, Carlos and Spencer fall asleep and they're killed by Freddie. Now the the dreams these guys go on to is and what I said was the the whole council culture mob coming after Freddie Krueger. Uh <laughs> It is And It's a sin Laughing at it But uh, The stoner dream We'll get into that one first He's not the first one to get killed But uh, His dream Is Psychedelic to say the least And he gets sucked into the TV essentially And uh, He winds up Being a, a character within a computer game And Freddy Krueger He's sitting With the The little joy pad like controlling the the enemies in the game like this boxing match and like this stoner's in there and he's fighting this computer generated Freddy and and the and Freddy's world he's sitting there with his feet up like just going to town on it and really pushing the comedy in this here film um anyway he winds up getting snuffed but the the thing was a the guy that has the the hearing issue, Freddy pushes that in a in a way that and it's not right laugh. I know that it's not right laughing at it, but it's just flipping hilarious the way that it was done, particularly the the chalkboard sequence. I laughed a little bit too hard. At that one, and it was great to see Johnny Depp back in the movie. Of course, he was in the first movie as well, uh, and he returned for this one as this guy. Um, where am I at? I've lost my place, in my notes. Uh, Tracy's almost killed, uh, but she's awakened by Maggie. Uh, John, who went into the dream world with Tracy to help Spencer, is still asleep. Uh, for some reason, he managed to do what uh, we've seen in the earlier movies where you could actually get yourself into the dream to help people out um, I'm really really going at a surface review here, I'm just not going into major major details in the movie because it's just, it's one of these ones you need to watch for yourself because it's this one where the 3D came into it in the end sequence um, Maggie and Trissy try to take John back to the shelter but on their way back Kruger attacks him in a dream and before killing John Kruger reveals that his child is a girl and uh, again that dream sequence is the one where he dies is uh, another fallen dream and uh, in the dream Freddy actually uses uh, a bed of spikes to kill him whenever he hits the ground but it's, it's like a Roadrunner Coyote movie moment or cartoon moment, never Freddy. As, like, you know, this guy's falling from the sky, and you see Freddy in the ground, and he's like really, really cartoon form pushing this thing into the street and uh breaking the fourth wall while he's doing it. Uh, the, these movies at this point literally just. I don't want to say give up on the horror of it, but they really, really did push that comic side of Freddy Krueger. As John dies, he tells this to Maggie. He says, it's not a boy, it's a girl. Uh, Tracy and Maggie return to the shelter, but they find that no one remembers John, Spencer or Carlos, except for the Doc, who's this guy that's... He's into dreams and whatnot and... You know, he's, uh, whatever way he has mind is, mentally He's he's able to keep that connection But as far as the people that Freddy kills in this movie He's able to, uh, as they die He's also erasing every memory everybody else has of these people Um, where I'm at Uh Yes, he's learned to control his dreams and whatnot. So, this is what they use this at the, the final fight with Freddy. Uh, Maggie finds her adoption papers, and realizes that she is Freddy's daughter. Her birth name was Catherine Kruger, but her name was changed to Maggie Barrows when their father was arrested and subsequently murdered. So, you get a whole uh, flashback story here of Freddy Kruger before he was captured by the the residents and uh burned uh and uh you see his pr- previous life where he was it was hiding the fact that he was a serial killer essentially he was married and he had this daughter and whatnot, not and you've you seen everything that uh led up to Freddie actually going insane. And that was the fact that the daughter was taken away from him. So you you get more of a uh, an origin for Freddy in this movie as well. Um, Doc discovers that Freddy's power comes from dream demons who continually revive him. So you know every time you think Freddy's dead, he's you know so anyway, he's going to be back. But in this movie, they attempted to finish him completely, and. He works out Freddie can be killed if he's pulled into the real world. Of course, we've seen that as well in the past as well. And, uh, Maggie decides that she will be the the one to enter Freddie's mind and pull him into the real world. Once in the dream, she puts on a pair of 3D glasses and enters Freddie's mind. And this is where the 3D aspect of it come in. Now, I never seen this movie in the cinemas and whatnot. And, uh by all reports the, the 3D effects in the movie were absolutely friggin terrible and uh, you, you can see it for yourself, like literally just watching the movie, it's just uh, you can see the 3D elements watching it on DVD and whatnot but it's, it's it definitely wouldn't be the on anywhere near the power of the 3D that we have had in recent years, which has seemed to have disappeared completely. Um thank fuck for that. Excuse my French, but uh it is what it is. I just um I like the concept of 3D on movies and entertainment, but as uh, a person that has suspected epilepsy, let me tell you something about 3D movies, it's that it, it doesn't work well for anybody with that tendency to uh, have an epileptic seizure uh, I literally watched one movie in 3D and that was Transformers Dark of the Moon of all things and uh, I wasn't right for about a week after watching the movie, it just doesn't work well, anyway 3D aside, once in the dream world, she puts on the 3D glasses and there's Freddy's main. uh in his mind, she learns that Freddie was teased as a child, was abused by his foster father, inflicted self-abuse as a teenager, and he murdered his wife. You get all this here flashback stuff as well. Uh, Freddie, when he was set in fire by the residents, was given the power to become immortal by demons. Uh, Maggie, you know, we get to see all this, the demons possessing them and whatnot. And uh, there are these three, like, weird, I don't know, worm-like creatures with these demon faces on them that fly about in the screen. And uh, really going for that 3D effect with them alone. So uh, she struggles to fight Freddy and the dream to pull him into the real world. But she eventually gets him out. Uh, Maggie and Freddie end up in hand-to-hand combat against one another, and she uses several weapons that were confiscated from patients at the shelter. That's insane. <laughs> this, uh, these weapons that have been locked up from the patients at the shelter, it's, it's insane, the stuff that's in there. Enraged by the knowledge of what he has done, Maggie tears off Freddie's. Claude Love, and uh, you know, he's going to town on her, but you know, you're my daughter, you know, you take over and do the good work for me and whatnot. And she lifts the glove, and he's like, you know, try it on, you know, you want to sort of thing. And she does, and she does the ex- excuse the noise outside the studio here, I'm far too close to the main road. Uh, she does, she puts the glove on, and she does that little. Freddie click with the glove and he freaks out, he knows what's coming and she stabs him through the stomach with it embedding the glove's claws into the steel support beam and leaving Freddie suspended above the ground uh, Trissy tosses Maggie a pipe bomb, I told you the weapons that's in this locker that was confiscated are absolutely insane there's a friggin pipe bomb in there and um, she throws it under Freddy's chest. Like the, the battle that they have, Freddy takes a lot of damage, and uh, you know he's in the real world. He's, you know they're trying to kill him, of course. But that's that's a horror movie, and it's a Freddy movie, so they're going to be as graphic as they can for the day. So uh, Freddy's attached to this wall With his own glove, and she sticks his pipe bomb on his chest, and. uh Freddy kind of breaks the fourth wall again, he goes, hmm, kids. <laughs> and he explodes, and the free demons, unable to revive him in the real world, fly out of Freddy and uh, disappear. So that's in, the, in this storytelling. They pretty much leave it that these demons that possessed him were the ones that were reviving him, and now he's in the real world. They can't revive him, he's exploded, he's in a thousand pieces. And uh, they bugger off, and that's the last you see of them. And the last shot of the movie is uh, Doc and Maggie rejoice as uh, <laughs> as Maggie comes out. And uh, she says the final words, Freddy's dead. Credits. This, as it did say, is... Uh, there's a lot to like and there's a lot to dislike about the movie. Like, you know, I think the 3D element of it was a bit in the, the cheesy side. I can see why they went with that there. You you know, know. They're making their last movie. They want to do something memorable for Freddy Krueger to take him out. So they're like, we going to kill Freddy. Let's do it in 3D. So uh, the cast in this movie, Robert England, Freddy Krueger. Absolutely fantastic. Nobody is ever going to be Freddie like Robert England. And we did get that in a later movie. Which you will get to as soon as possible. Lisa Zane here as Maggie. She was pretty damn good on it. Um, who else we got? Yeah, I'm not even going to try and pronounce the name of Doc. Yeah. No, I'm not even going to attempt to say that name. of Koto as his surname, but Yap. Yeah, f- Yeah, fat. Y A P H A T, however, you would pronounce that. That's who it was. He was very good in the movie. Leslie Dean as Tracy was grand. Uh, Sean Greenblatt as John Doe was fairly good. Uh, Johnny Depp in this movie, you could see why he went on to be who he is these days. ...back in this movie here... Um, ...he, after he's killed... ...turns up in the the opening of the, the Nightmare for the other guy... ...the stoner guy... ...like in a public service announcement on the TV screen... ...and uh, it's just the way he talks and that... ...I find in these two movies of Freddy Krueger... ...Nightmare on Elm Street with uh, Johnny Depp on it, yes, he's a hell of a lot younger than what he is now. He was a teenager back whenever these movies were made. And, uh, he didn't look like Johnny Depp apart from this one part of the... And I I don't know if it's the the cheesy grin that he had doing the PSA on this movie, but it was the only time from the the entire movie where I looked at it and I was like, that's floating Johnny Depp right there. But, uh, Yes, he was excellent in this movie. Uh, Roseanne Barr turns up on it as a childless woman. And, uh, you know, yes, there's a a few faces popped up that were uh, big names back then. Let me see what I've got here in the development of it. The previous five installments of the Nightmare in Elm Street franchise had considered helped the finances of New Line Cinema, uh, earned the nickname The House That Freddy Built. Uh, But the studio had also begun to develop our franchises, for example, Critters. I don't think I've ever actually seen Critters. And by 1990, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was done by them as well, I didn't know that. Bob Shea recalled in the Never Sleep Again documentary and 2010 that frankly it was time to move on and we had other projects that we wanted to focus on the decision was made to make the sick foundry in the f- the final film the nightmare in elm street series director rachel talalay had produced most of the previous installments and was keen to helm the sick film as its director she also had a number of ideas that would help refresh the series including uh not calling the title nightmare in elm street part six and incorporating more humour into the entry of course that's what i've been saying there's really really it was pretty damn funny in places i have to say uh she felt that it was lacking from the previous films now i don't know if it was lacking ...but it definitely wasn't as prevalent as it was in this movie. But there was a few times in the last couple of movies... ...where Freddy would have done a few one-liners in there... ...that were pretty damn good. Uh, the production of Freddy's Dead coincided with the original airing of Twin Peaks... ...which was later acknowledged as an influence on the film... ...with its more surreal, humorous aspects. Elements for this can be seen throughout the film, including... Freddie using a version of the Nintendo Powered to control Spencer's character and dragging a bed of spikes to impale Johnny Depp or John Doe, sorry, in the manner reminiscent of Hanna Barber cartoons. Yeah,
1: there again, like
0: the, 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 I just pulled up this development page here on the net, and uh, yes, there's quite a few things in here that it's, it's really just called out what I've already said in this. Review over it here the original script um and the original script fifteen year old Jacob Johnson, son of the previous installments main character Alice Johnson was the main character, and many of the Dream warriors from a nightmare in Elm Street part Three returned to aid Jacob and defeated and defeating Freddy after he kills Alice, the idea was littered <laughs> the idea was littered discarded. I need to sleep more before I start recording podcasts because I trip over words whenever I'm tired. Uh, Peter Jackson also wrote a screenplay that was not used. The story was about teenagers who did not see Freddy as a fret but took sleeping pills down to Freddy's world. Uh, Jackson's script also included a police officer put onto a a comatose state to permanently be in Freddy's realm. Hmm. Fairly dark. Could be an interesting one to see if it was ever made. Um John Carl Buscheller again probably butchered that name. Uh chief special effects officer for the film. Returning to the series after serving the same role in the nightmare in Elm Street 4 Dream Warrior or Dream Master also contributed to the film's 3D, Freddy Vision, Climax, Freddy Vision. I completely forgot that they called it Freddy Vision. In the last 10 minutes, the film is in 3D to cue the audience to put on their 3D glasses. Maggie has seen to put on her 3D glasses in the film. Yep, yep, cheesy as hell too. That was class. She's like, right, we're going to go into the dream. I'm going to put my glasses on now. Then the audience would put their glasses on and join her. Then at the end of the movie, whenever she comes out of the dream, while she's in the dream, the glasses disappear. She's wearing them, but you know they, they're they invisible to the viewer. And when she eventually comes out of the dream, before she says, Freddie's dead, uh, she's standing there and these 3D glasses appear in her face again. And she takes them off and that's the cue for the audience to take the airs off. And then she goes... Freddy's dead and we go into the credits. Um the effect was eliminated for the VHS and television releases, with the exception of the UK and France rental version and the US laser, dif- laser disc the laserdisc version. The DVD box set released in 1999 reinstated the 3D effect and included two pairs of 3D glasses. Uh and the Never Sleep Again documentary, Rachel Talley revealed that whilst the film was being processed in 3D the lab developed the print accidentally the lab developing the print accidentally sent them two second clips from the then unreleased Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Hmm. There you go. So they got a, a spoiler for T2. This movie was class. Right, what was the critical response for it. The film holds a twenty-two percent positive rating on film review aggregator website Rotten Tomatoes based on thirty-two reviews. Uh Austin Chronicle Chronicle? Austin Chronicle wrote Freddie Krueger has devolved from the horrific, ill-defined phantasm positioned in the original film to a bland and annoying, predictable boogeyman, loved by kids everywhere. That's fairly true at this point in the movie. They, as I say, there, there's there's quite a few elements in the movie that are uh, fairly graphic and scary enough in a way, but it's definitely not the Freddy Krueger that was originally brought out. But as I said, like by the time we got through the last three movies. Uh, Freddie was becoming An overnight success And I do believe in a New Nightmare is it? Wes Craven's New Nightmare It's not the remake Because the remake doesn't have Freddie Or doesn't have Robert England on it I think it's a New Nightmare uh, They actually do have a sequence where Freddie is at a, a Horror con <laughs> So he pops out to Meet his audience <laughs> And uh, take the applause um, the song "Why Was I Born?" Freddie's Dead, written for the film, was nominated for a Golden Raspberry Award for Worst Original Song. That is terrible. In the 2010 documentary "Never Sleep Again," Lisa Zane commented that she had submitted a Bond-esque ballad called "The Worst Is Over" for use over the end credits, but. Why Was I Born was chosen instead. Uh, director Rachel Talley had worked with Iggy Pop on the 1990 film Cry Baby and offered him the chance to compose a song for the film. So yeah, it is, it is what it is. Uh, Freddie's dead. <laughs> the final nightmare. Uh you know what? I have to say, out of all the movies, I think this one's pretty high up my list as the one that I probably would enjoy watching the most because it's just so random and uh, Freddy's inappropriate humour, let's just say, was... (laughs) You get a few guilty laughs out of it. That, again, that, that chalkboard sequence... Where he's uh, trying to kill Johnny, well not trying to kill, he's going to kill Johnny Depp's character. Of course he's deaf in the one ear and the concept that that was. We all know the the story of the, you know, running the nails down a chalkboard and that noise would drive anybody insane. And the dream sequence, for part of it, or the nightmare sequence I should say, he has uh, Johnny Depp's character without the the hearing aid and he's walking about within the nightmare trying to find his way and Freddie's jumping about in the background and as the audience we're getting the visual but we're hearing absolutely nothing we're in the the headspace of the the victim at this point and Freddie's jumping about like a madman behind him like screaming and shouting and dancing and getting on and this guy can't hear anything and then Freddie actually gives him the hearing aid back oh there's the so quiet you could hear a pin drop sequence as well. Which was, again, it's, it's one of these things where if this movie was released today, would cancel culture or fucking destroy it? Maybe so. But uh it's a horror movie. Do you know what I mean? People get offended at absolutely everything. We're all, well, I just want to say we're all, not we're all, but the vast majority of the planet now are, just can't take a joke, they really can't, but uh, the pin drop sequence where the Freddie gives him they hearing it back, but he enhances it, so this guy is super sensitive to sound, and he has a single pin and stands way up and they way up above this guy, and he drops the pin, Johnny Depp's character dives, grabs hold of it, that's all good. Uh, but then Freddie has a whole handful of pins. Chucks them in the there and then they hit the the ground it's like pow, 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 and he's screaming because of all the noise and then Freddie gets to that part where he pulls out this little chalkboard but then he He makes it bigger by extending it out long ways and up above. And the little when he puts the hand across the <coughs> the chalkboard the run is his nails down it Or the, the claws down it Or his blades uh, He does this little f- He does this little dance While he's doing it And every time I see that sequence No matter how many times I've seen it He does this little weird sort of like You know he's getting a lot of pleasure out of it And he does such a Sort of thing And uh, I crease up Every time I see it as it absolutely hilarious Uh so good, I love this movie. Freddy's Dead was released september thirteenth ninety one It grossed thirty four point nine million in the u s and a budget of nine to eleven million, surpassing its predecessor's grossed and it was panned by critics upon release so uh it's one of these ones, you're either going to love it or you're going to hate it. But if you're into the Freddy Krueger movies and you've enjoyed them all up to this point, you don't jump across this one. It's cheesy. There's a lot of humour in it. Maybe more than it needs. But uh, well worth watching. And uh, That's definitely by far not the worst in the series. Because Freddy did come back. Uh, Not just in the form of Robert England, but in an RGI as well. I've only seen about the quarter of that film, the remake of A Nightmare on Elm Street, but we'll get into that there in a few weeks' time. But uh, if you're here at this point in the podcast, guys, I just want to thank you for hanging about and uh, uh, checking it out, and I'm going to try and keep this going as regular as clockwork from here on As I said, uh, I just had a real, real weird a couple of months from Christmas, and uh, just a few things popped up in my personal life that I wasn't prepared for, and uh, I don't know, as I said at the beginning of the podcast, I've had my head firmly inserted between the cheeks of my own arse, so uh, we're back now, I'm feeling a lot better, we're doing more and more, and uh, I've got a new podcast set up here that's going to really uh, streamline the amount of time it takes to actually get these recorded and edited and out. So uh, that's going to do it for this episode, guys. Hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please give it a little rating review. Share it Long than anybody you'd think would be interested in it. And uh, I'm going to see you at least... Well, see you. You're going to hear me at least two nights a week at this point. So... Uh, Stay safe, guys, and I'll talk to you all very, very soon. This has been a production of Coins Age Media. Thank you so much for listening.